All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Hey, welcome once again to Invest Wisely with Walt Secura, the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron. We're going to talk about investing in the stock market as they invest their clients' monies in individually owned stocks in custom-made portfolios designed for their particular needs and, and wants. If you have any questions about the market, how to invest, anything you'd like to ask about, uh, just give us a call at 330-673-1234 or listening online at WNI.com. Toll free, 800-669-4100. Well, Walt, the market uh, seems to be reflecting what uh, my mother used to say, an old phrase. She used to say, there's always something. And it seems that this uh, market has been battled by always some things most of the year. Now we have yet another war, this time in the Mideast. We still have concerns over interest rates, uh, flight to bonds. Uh, it just seems like everything is out there uh, kind of hammering away at the uh, balustrades of the market and not letting it uh, do what it should do best. <laughs> Absolutely, Bob. Yeah, it's been a, an interesting year, as uh, the market always seems to give you interesting years, and this one is no different. Um, I think, as you said, you know, we have some... Uh, New geopolitical uh, situation obviously happened over in the Middle East, and again, hard to watch. Um, you know what's going on over there. It's never very settling from a humanistic perspective. Um, but again, we we try to step back and look at these things, and, and not to um, you know dampen the, the reality of what's happening. But you have to kind of think, okay, how does that impact uh, yourself as an investor from from the perspective that we're taking? Uh, you also, like you said, you, you have this battle against inflation, uh, interest rates, you know, kind of moving around. Uh, we also had the start of the earnings season this week, you know, this new quarter where we'll look at the results from uh, June, July, and August and compare them to last year. So, you know, the three, three-month quarter uh, compared to last year, and we got some earnings reports at the end of the week. So for the week, Bob, we saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average gain 262 points, up 0.8% for the week. The Dow Jones Industrial Average now sits here today to 1.6%. Uh, the S&P 500 index, the broader index, uh, was up 19 points, 0.4% for the week. And year-to-date, we're at 12.7%. The NASDAQ lost 24 points for the week, off 0.2%, uh, and still sits up a uh, whopping 28.1% for the year. Uh, the Russell 2000, the small mid-cap stocks, had a rough week, lost 25 points. Uh, down one and a half percent, and that index sits at negative two point four percent a year to date. So the small mid cap stocks just aren't performing well. But Bob, there's you know a lot, lot to really contemplate and think about as we finish up this year and, and head 2024. Uh, a lot of work to be done, uh, you know, to, to make sure we're in the right place as we go forward. 
So as we climb that wall of worry, this time the worry is about the war between Israel and Hamas. Uh, again, how is that particular conflict, what, what do you think that's going to affect the market? What particular sectors? Well, I mean, obviously anything in the Middle East, you automatically think of oil. And, you know, you saw oil prices uh, jump $87 a barrel uh, by the end of the week. And we had seen oil the previous week really dropping pretty dramatically, getting closer to $80 a barrel. So you're going to get a lot of volatility with oil prices. Um, And you also have to look at other industries. You know, Israel is a really big player in the technology industry worldwide, about a fifth of their economy. Uh, is technology. Uh, it's been fascinating to see uh, how quick that industry is really responding to the challenges there. Um, they've had military reserves call up about 360,000 people. And uh, the tech industry, you just look at all the uh, volunteering, the ability to work overtime, raising money already, building websites to look for hostages, uh, a lot of things that are happening in that tech industry already. But you know, pretty resilient country, and uh, again, you know, we'll probably you know battle through the, the current challenges that they have, and you know, continue to try to hold the economy together. But oil prices are always the big thing, Bob, on the global stage to have to pay attention to. Now, inflation data is continuing to raise concerns. The September CPI report kind of suggests that the economy might be growing too fast for the inflation 2% target the Fed has set. But now even the Fed hawks are starting to think there is a risk they may be over-tightening the interest rates. Yeah, I mean, the inflation numbers came in pretty well. You know, CPI you know, was unchanged, uh, 3.7%. Uh, the core CPA dropped from about 43 to 4.1%. Uh, but again, there there was a few things in there that show that you know inflation is going to be sticky. It's going to be challenging. Um, uh, one of the Fed hawks, uh, Patrick uh, Harker, who's the Philly uh, Fed president, spoke on Friday. He's a voting member of the Federal Reserve. He's really a- advocating now, pretty publicly, that you know maybe the Federal Reserve needs to stop raising rates. Maybe they went too far. And you know, again, it kind of singles uh, that battle that's been going on all year of, you know, how, how high do you go and how long do you keep those rates higher? And, you know, Fed's going to be challenged with that, especially as it's going to next year. If they go too far, you could definitely slow the economy too much and you still have that potential for a recession out there. But, uh, you know, they're, they're paying attention to the data. They said they're going to be very data dependent. And as they continue to evaluate everything that comes in, they'll make the decisions they need to make. So hopefully they'll do a good job and, and get us through this tough time. As we've been talking about, of course, with interest rates being higher, bonds are intriguing investors more now. Typically, investors are putting more money in bonds for income, and they typically believe that bonds are more stable than stocks. But bonds have lost nearly 25% since the July 2020 uh, crash with the pandemic. It rivals the great crashes in the stock market during the dot-com bust and the great financial crisis. So what do you think about bonds? As an investor, what do you think about those here in the current market? Well, if you owned them and you had long bonds, you're probably not very happy. You know, anybody that owned bonds going into this downturn, uh, especially if you were you're long, you had 15, 20-year maturities, you, you had that big, big decline. Uh, it's been the worst bear market of all time for bonds uh, starting in July of 2020 up through here, uh, you know, through through the current, uh, the current time here in 2023. So it's been a rough time to be a bond holder. Uh, however, as you mentioned, with rates coming up, it has created an opportunity if, if you didn't have a lot of bonds or if you had too much stocks, it gives the ability to reallocate a little bit, to put some money back into to fixed income. 
Uh, the shorter end of the, the yield curve is always the safer place to be. You know, going out one year, three years, five years, uh, you're going to get less volatility in those types of uh, investments. But even the 10-year, you know, might might be something to take a look at here. So people that need fixed income, uh, that need to, you know, move some money out of the growth equation, out of the equity side, the stock side, uh, you know, bond investment looks pretty attractive today. But, if, again, if you, if you held them, uh, you're not feeling pretty good about your returns. You know, you, you had a lot of loss uh, in the in the bond values over the past year and a half. Once again, we're talking to our expert on stocks, Walt Sokera, the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron. And we're going to talk now about the trends and insights section of the show, things that have been happening that may have an impact on the market, may have an impact on you. So let's talk about what's going on out there. Uh, the share of Americans who believes the U.S. stands above all other nations in the world uh, fell modestly over the last four years since the pandemic, according to the Pew Research Center survey. Uh, today, two in ten Americans agree with the statement that Pew found. In 2019, 24% agree. About half say the U.S. is one of the greatest countries along with some others. And the new Pew, Sur- Pew survey showed that 27% say there are other countries better than the U.S., up from 21% in 2019. Well, you know, that changing sentiment. And again, we, we see it. You know, I think it, it started... You know, uh, probably seven, eight years back where, you know, the country country really started to shift. And, you know, we don't see as many people uh, see the United States in the same way that, you know, maybe our our uh, parents or grandparents saw the United States. But, you know, we still have the, the greatest uh, country in the world. You know, we're a believer in the United States. Uh, you know, we believe in the economy, the innovation. Uh, there's there's a lot to be proud of if you're, if you're a United States citizen and as an investor. Uh, betting against the United States has never been a very good idea. You know, there's a lot of uh, growth and opportunity, and that continues to be. So it's interesting to see these surveys. But, again, this, this divergence creates opportunity. You can't have every, everybody think in the same way, Bob. You know, for every uh, bull, you need a bear. For everybody that, you know, one person that thinks that things are great, you need somebody to think things are bad. You need a buyer for every seller. So it's okay. You know, this this just shows there's a big divide out there, and there's opportunity for those that, are optimistic, they know what they're doing, and investing the right way, you, you can do well. And, uh, you know, we believe that this divergence helps that. Now, whether or not people like the country or dislike the country, <clears throat> according to the Eternal Revenue Service, there is a record number of folks who don't pay their taxes. They say that about $688 billion in unpaid taxes accrued in 2021, $542 billion of that amount, was due to unreported income. The rest was from persons who either underreported their income or simply didn't file taxes. I guess people don't like to pay taxes. <laughs> Nobody likes to pay taxes, Bob, but you probably should do it. Um, you know, you don't want any problems with the IRS. And, you know, the IRS is ramping up compliance efforts, you know, and, uh, you know, they have the, the bill out there to hire a lot more agents to, to get out there and get after these people that aren't paying the taxes. So, It'll be interesting to see as we continue to go forward. Taxes are a big issue. You know, the government's struggling. Uh, they got to collect their uh, the income that, that they're due so that they can pay the bills they have. So uh, this is going to be something that uh, probably comes to a head here in the next few years. An interesting fact, at the end of August, 17.6% of the U.S. population was 65 or older. That is the highest on record. And this will go higher, Bob. As we said, the baby boom generation, that 72 million people that uh, came uh, during the baby boom uh, cohort, uh, continue to age and will continue to age this population, uh, you know, for some time here. So 
uh, we have a lot of older people. And again, when you think of investment trends, uh, healthcare, um, you know, technology that helps elderly, um, there's there's a lot of investment opportunities uh, in this space. And you know, we continue to think of how demographic shifts uh, impact investing and create opportunity. Once again, we're talking to Walt Secure, the AKW Group. If you have any questions, 673-1234 is your number to call. Getting back to electric cars. Worldwide shipments of electric vehicles are going to surpass 15 million this year, up 34%. 97% are cars. Buses, vans, and heavy trucks are making up the remaining 3% of those battery-powered vehicles. This has been fascinating, Bob, and I think we've been doing this show since this, uh, this whole phenomenon has caught on electric vehicles have really had a tremendous amount of growth and 34 percent growth is pretty big growth but again small in the overall fleet out there but uh, growing in uh, significance and you, you see a lot of auto companies putting dollars and investments into growing their electric vehicle offerings uh, and again we'll continue to watch these trends and think of, things are the best places to invest to uh, take advantage of it and uh, car buyers in general had some tough numbers to face. A record 17.5% of new car buyers paid more than $1,000 a month for their cars. According to Edmonds, three years ago, that was less than 7% of new car buyers spending that much for the wheels. And we see interest rates go up. It was 46 We're now up to 7.4. Uh, the term that people are taking is, has gone up, but uh, now runs at 68.3 months on average. Uh, as for people to finance their cars. And, again, we just know that this is taking a bigger uh, share of people's budgets and pocketbooks. And as you think of financial planning, especially for elderly people in retirement, uh, these weren't costs that people expected when they retired, Bob. Um, So, you know, people that want to continue to drive and have new vehicles, this is going to create some challenges in those uh, retirement planning and financial planning numbers that uh, you have to work through here. So. Uh, reality has probably set in, and I don't see car car prices going lower, and interest rates may be higher for longer, and this challenge may continue. Well, time to move over to Stock Talk with Walt Sakara to learn about particular issues of interest to you. All you have to do, once again, is call us at 330-673-1234 and get Walt's uh, idea or advice about what uh, particular issue is uh, interesting you to, to buy, to sell, or to hold, or just kind of curious about it. Earnings season, as uh, Walt said, has kicked off. Companies reporting results from June through September, comparing those results to last year. At this point, what should investors expect as they begin to report these results this year? A little bit better than expected, Bob. Um, you know, you look at the last couple quarters, it was actually a struggle for, for um, in, you know, a lot of uh, companies out there with earnings. Um, you know, they came off pretty easy comparisons from the pandemic. And, you know, you got into a period of time where those comparisons were a lot easier. And this year has been tougher. And uh, we've seen some companies with some really good results. Again, we continue to focus on those kinds of companies. But overall for the market, I think we're looking for about a zero percent growth, you know, a flat a flat quarter overall for all the companies out there reporting, which would be actually pretty positive as we head into next year. Now, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, they rallied after comfortably beating their earnings views. Of course, they're being helped by those higher interest rates and a less inverted yield curve. J.P. Morgan has been a long-term holding in your own corporate portfolio. So what do you see as these big banks' earnings are coming out? Well, big banks are are not struggling. They're doing really well. Um, you know, you look at this last quarter for J.P. Morgan, they were up 22% in revenue, 30, $39.9 billion over $32.7 billion. That's a 22% revenue increase. 
Uh, 51% profit increase. They did 472 a share versus 312. Those are impressive numbers, Bob. And really, the last couple quarters have been really strong for the banks, especially JP Morgan. Uh, they've seen some incredible growth in all the divisions consumer, community banking, uh, corporate and investment banking uh, had some positive results, commercial banking had positive results, mortgage lending. Across really every line, they, they've seen some really good results. And you said higher interest rates definitely help banks uh, with their profitability. The CEO, J.P. Morgan, made headlines Friday. He warned investors that this may be the most dangerous time the world has ever seen in decades. Possibly, I'm sure, referring to the wars in Russia and in the Middle East. And that statement company that the bank's earnings news release. So was that a bit of a, of a downer to what would have been an all-positive release? Well, I mean, it's interesting. You know, the company... Looks up one of the best quarters they've ever seen, and he brings out some pretty negative comments. But I just think he's trying to bring perspective in and saying, hey, you know, there's risks. Uh, we see them. We see geopolitical risks. You talk about the wars. We have a lot of you know, national debt. You know, we, we got budget issues. Um, we got high interest rates, inflation that seems pretty persistent. I, I think he's just trying to be prudent and warn people, you know, you can't be overly optimistic. You have to be realistic. But again, as you're an investor, if you're thinking three to five years out, Bob, a lot of this probably isn't is, is much to worry about. If you're thinking over the next three to five months, there could be a lot of volatility based on what's happening. United Health reported their earnings per share gain was ahead of estimates, ending a three-year quarter string of slowing growth. Yeah, and these health insurance companies, Bob, they you know they're showing some good good results. I mean, uh, they had a 14 percent revenue quarter. Uh, 92.4 billion over 80.9 billion, 14% growth and 13% profit growth in their earnings. Uh, solid company, and and again, you know, you, you look at how it's impact other uh, healthcare insurance companies. Uh, there was a lot of bump uh, last week at the end of the week. We saw Humana, uh, you know, move up along with um, you know with United Healthcare and and some of the other players like uh, Molina Healthcare, Cigna Group. Uh, Centene, all these had really nice weeks. Um, so I think, you know, investors are looking at this group and saying that, uh, you know, there's some positive ahead as we look at 2024. Let's take some calls now for Walt Secure at 330-673-1234. You're on WNIR. Good morning. Konnichiwa. Another beautiful day in the neighborhood, Walt. Hey, Konnichiwa, Ken. How are you this Sunday? Good, good, good. Hey, uh, these 5.4% 11-month uh, CDs, are looking pretty good. I, if I divide 5.4 into 72, I can double my money in uh, 14 years, and I'll, I'll I'll be 98. So, what do you think? A <laughs> <laughs> hey, 5.4 is way better than what we saw for years. That uh, yeah, if you have to have some money in the short term, you know, and, and you have some needs for for liquidity, then sure, you know, I think. Uh, those rates are worth taking advantage of. Rates probably do come down over the next fourteen oh, yeah. years, though, Ken. So I don't, yeah. I don't know if you're going to keep rolling on the five point four. Yeah, one, no. one of those maturities is going to be a lot lower someday. Oh yeah, yeah, probably in a year <laughs> they'll be back to three or four, or whatever. Right. But anyway, MP materials symbol MP as a speculation. I know it's probably not in your wheelhouse, but it's uh, they make those uh, or they mine the uh, rare earth. In California, they're they're starting to process their own uh, material instead of sending it to China. They made a new low, sixteen dollars, a high of thirty six, and they're making them. They actually have a PE. It's, uh, but anyway, have you ever looked at uh, 
it's not really my cup of tea, but I I do like I do like uh, something like this kind of a speculation. Yeah, I mean, empty materials. I've seen it through our screens. I mean, we've been looking at a lot of these mining uh, stocks and. Uh, you know, they've struggled the last two quarters, though. Revenues and earnings were, were you know, were really low. Um, you're right. I mean, 15 times earnings is a reasonable valuation. Uh, uh, it looks like there's some really big expectations for a really good year in 2024. I'm just looking at the analyst expectations out there. Uh, I have to dive into the research, but it looks like there's a, a big upside uh, to earnings expected next year by the company. And uh, but this one doesn't pay yield or a dividend, Ken. I'm I surprised. Know, I know, but I, my, uh, <laughs> after looking at all the consumer staples and Smuckers buying Twinkies and all kinds of, all kinds of crazy stuff, Hershey's everything making new lows. I, that brings me to my other one, Lamb Weston. They make uh, tater tots, French fries for all the fast food restaurants, and and I got that. I had Conagra, and they spun off Lamb Weston, and uh, it's been a real good one over the years. Since they spun it off, but it's making uh, it's got, it's down there, down ten, and their sales were up fifty percent. Yeah, this and, is one that's uh, actually Baird uh, in, in the Baird portfolio. They they own this. It's one that's been on our screens. We we hadn't bought into it personally with our group, Ken, but again, we we've seen the results and uh, the stock's done. You know, did really well there for a while. I think it got up to like one seventeen. This looks like a decent entry point. I mean, it's it's traded off. Uh, last quarter still is really solid. Forty-eight percent revenue growth, one hundred nine percent profit growth. And yeah, those, those are some pretty pretty impressive numbers for the potato company. Love those curly fries, Walt. Well, you guys have a good uh, weekend. Thanks a lot for your advice. Thank you for calling three three zero six seven three one two three four to talk with Walt Secure of the AKW Group with any questions or comments you have about the market. Now the market is performing right now. Delta Airlines released their quarter uh, earnings this past week, and uh, their earnings uh, did well, topping uh, their forecast. They did. Uh, we saw some real nice results, up 11%. Uh, revenue growth, uh, $15.5 billion, over $14 billion, and about a 34% uh, earnings growth uh, in that quarter as well. Uh, re- really strong results. Of course, all the airlines have been struggling with fuel costs, uh, travel demands, uh, you know, concerns over uh, you know, these geopolitical concerns, obviously, especially on an international uh, airline, uh, you know, may cause some uh, disruption as well. But uh, it's good to see these airline companies performing. Uh, a lot of challenges out there on the cost side, but, uh, you know, some, some really good trends as far as traffic. ExxonMobil said they're going to buy shale giant Pioneer Natural Resources for over $59 billion in a stock swap. They're going to pay about uh, two and a quarter of their shares for each PXD share, valued about $253 a share as of Tuesday night. So, again, the oil companies are, are big and getting bigger. Absolutely. This is a big one. Exxon's one of the biggest. And, of course, uh, Pioneer makes them even bigger. Of course, you know, they, they're looking at production volume in the Permian Basin, and they expected more that, uh, to double uh, to 1.3 million barrels per day. Uh, you know, again, a, a pretty uh, creative acquisition, um, you know, big price, but again, something that could probably be uh, put into the company very well and, you know, continue to uh, build some momentum for the future as far as uh, ExxonMobil goes. And Novo Nordisk also jumped, also pulling up shares of rival Eli Lilly. They were hinting their once-weekly injection of Ozempic, or diabetes drug, could now delay the progression of chronic kidney disease. 
Yeah, we saw these stocks go up, and we saw some of the dialysis companies like DeVita and uh, Freesinus, uh, FMS, symbol FMS, tumble, um, you know, on, on this news. Um, these drugs are definitely, you know, having a big impact. The weight loss, uh, it, it seems that it has a lot of uh, other connectivity to, to other diseases and, you know, the way healthcare may kind of evolve over the next few years. So, uh, these companies have some pretty exciting drugs, and we'll see if they can, you know, find enough research to get the support of coverage, insurance coverage, and uh, really, really a lot of excitement. And that's why those stock prices are jumping, Bob. You know, when you you have stocks on the verge of something like this that could change a lot and uh, change the landscape of a lot of uh, treatments and, and outcomes and illnesses. Uh, you know, it's, it it really creates excitement for investors, and we've seen that in both uh, Eli Lilly and Ortis. Now, one sector has not done well at all this year is the small mid-cap sector. According to the Russell 2000, they lost 20.4% so far in 2022. They've gone into negative territory this year. Their return at this point is minus 1.18%. Now, you have a big small mid-cap stock portfolio. Do you still think that has a place in the general investor's portfolio? Yeah, we really do, Bob. But, you know, we, we tell people that when you buy small mid-cap stocks, you really do have to be an investor. You, know, you really have to have even a little longer time frame. I, I think in this type of investing, you got to be a, a five- to seven-year time frame investor. Um, you you got to realize that these stocks are going to be more volatile. Uh, they're going to have bad times, uh, especially when there's challenges in the economy. These companies are smaller. They rely a little bit maybe out more on debt. So when interest rates come up, they're going to be impacted a little bit. But uh, we like this portfolio. You know, we, we look over the next uh, five years and feel that this small mid-cap portfolio that we run is, uh, you know, we're, we're really excited about it. And we think it has a place uh, investors' portfolios. It, it shouldn't be everything somebody has. But, you know, I think uh, 10 15 percent of somebody's uh, equity allocation, this portfolio makes sense. And again, about your own portfolio, uh, what are some of the favorite stocks that you hold in that small mid-cap area? Well, we, we've talked about Crocs over and over. Um, you know, that's one we still like uh, as we look forward on the consumer discretionary side. Um, another one we like is GE Healthcare. Uh, they were the healthcare company that was spun off of, of General Electric. And, of course, they have the ultrasound and uh, pharmaceutical diagnostic equipment. Uh, you know, really, really nice company there. Um, Annette, uh, we, we really like, um, you know, that company as well, Arista Networks, symbol A-N-E-T. Uh, they're really at the center of a lot of the networking equipment uh, that's going to be important uh, as, as we continue to build out this next phase of technology. Fortinet we've talked about quite a bit, Bob. Um, Fortinet is obviously the cybersecurity company. Um, and, you know, those, those are some that we continue to favor in that small mid-cap. It's a uh, you got about 27 stocks in that portfolio, and again, they're, they're stocks that have some great growth potential ahead of them over the next three to five years. And uh, again, if anybody would like to talk to you about particular stocks, uh, not on the program, but off the air, uh, can they call your office without obligation and just kind of discuss it? Absolutely, Bob. Yeah, we, we love to talk to anybody that, that wants to have a conversation and see if we can help you. Um, give us a call, Kevin, and the office, myself, Allison, Abby. We're all there, uh, more than willing to help and see if we can uh, get your investment going in the right direction. You know, we, we want everybody to invest wisely. Again, the number to call, Nakron 234 466 
7476-234-466-7476 for Walt Secura's team at the AKW Group in Fairlawn. Uh, now, of course, again, your group does more than just pick, pick stocks. You have a, a team there that works with anything that people are concerned about, about their money, whether it's retirement planning, as you mentioned, or, or again, looking for a particular goal, like sending kids to college and the likes, no matter what somebody is in life, whether they're still working in the height of their working career or getting ready to retire, already retired, you can help them with with their with their financial concerns. Absolutely, Bob. You know we have a lot of expertise. Uh, we have a, an older client base that so we're really well schooled in, in things like elder care and uh, estate planning issues. Uh, we have a great team of uh, inside of Baird, and we have some great resources in the community: attorneys and accountants that we work with. That you know we can really put a good team together. We also work well with other people's accountants and attorneys, and. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we really look for that comprehensive approach uh, to, to give somebody exactly what they need and take care of them and their family. Uh, that's what it's all about. So with the week coming up, what do you see going to be notable? A lot of earnings reports coming out, Bob. Um, you know, we're going to be very, very busy. Uh, things like uh, Goldman Sachs, Johnson & Johnson, Netflix, Procter & Gamble, Tesla, uh, Taiwan Semiconductor. we got a whole list, and we're going to be real busy. I'll be back with you next Sunday. Once again, thank you all for being with us on WNIR Kent Akron. Give the AKW a call at Akron 234-466-7476 and tell him you heard him on WNIR. I'm Mr. Sunday, Bob Lewis. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Arista Network, symbol A-N-E-T. Centene Corporation, symbol C-N-C. Citigroup, Inc., symbol C. Cigna Corporation, symbol C-I. ConAgra Foods, Inc., symbol C-A-G. Crocs, Inc., symbol C-R-O-X. DaVita, Inc., symbol D-V-A. Delta Airlines, symbol D-A-L. Fortinet, Inc., symbol F-T-N-T. Phrenesis Medical Care AG and Companies, symbol F-M-S. GE Healthcare Technologies, Inc., symbol G-E-H-C. Goldman Sachs Group, Inc., symbol G-S. Eli Lilly and Companies, symbol L-L-Y. Hershey's Company, symbol H-S-Y. Humana, Inc., symbol H-U-M. Johnson & Johnson, symbol JNJ. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, symbol JPM. Lamb Wemson Holdings, Inc., symbol LW. Molina Healthcare, Inc., symbol MOH. MP Materials Corp., symbol MP. Netflix, Inc., symbol NFLX. Norvo Nordisk, AS, symbol NBO. Pioneer Natural Resources Company, symbol PXD. Procter & Gamble Company, symbol PG. J.M. Smuckers Company, symbol SJM. Tesla Inc., symbol TSLA. Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, symbol TSM. Hostess Brands, symbol TWNK. United Healthcare Group, symbol UNH. Wells Fargo and Companies, symbol WFC. Exxon Mobil Company, symbol XOM. Please note that Robert W. Barrett and Company makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and its affiliates have been compensated by Delta Airlines, Inc., symbol DAL, for non-investment banking securities-related services in the past 12 months.